on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio, 97.7, and 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. What's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you here. You can listen anywhere you go, whatever you do, wherever you are on the ESPN app. Great way to do it. Just hit the, the app on your phone, find the Listen tab, put in either ESPN Syracuse or ESPN Utica, Rome, whatever you prefer, and off you go into the world doing things, and we can come with you. And you're going to be outside maybe or staying inside in the air conditioning in the next few days with heat wave, record temperatures approaching central New York. Either way, you can listen to us, ESPN Radio, wherever you go. It's a beautiful thing. Here's how you get in touch with the show today. would love to hear from you. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter, where the show never stops. You can also uh, text the program, 288-0644 is the the on-the-block text line to fire off some opinions as we go along here. Or if something comes to you, you want to put it in the text line, watching a game, you see something, we're not on the air, but you want to get that opinion lined up and ready to go. The text line, another great place to store it. You got your face in your phone, you might as well fire off a hot take or two at us. That's hot. In the meantime, right? So all great ways to get in touch. We have one guest who will join us in this hour, and I'm glad that we're going to bring on our guy Kyle Bond, formerly of the Syracuse IMG Sports Network, now with NBC Sports. And Kyle is a huge soccer guy. We had him on last week, and I said we'll check in a couple of times during the World Cup just to kind of, you know, I feel like I should know what's going on. And even if you're not digging it, you're not watching it, Team USA is not in it, it's a big deal. It's something we should at least have a working knowledge of what's going on. And I was very confused about a couple of things, including a game that just happened at the World Cup where England or Belgium didn't want to win. And Seth tried to explain it to me in the office today, and I got a headache. So maybe Kyle can kind of explain this to me. Why in the world's biggest sporting event, and it is, would you not want to win? And it's all about, you know, what you know group you get put in, and I kind of understand that, but soccer confuses me sometimes. So maybe Kyle can straighten this out for us. The defending champion is gone. And it, Germany, and is that a big deal? Because, like, that was four years ago. Right? It's not like, you know, the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles don't win the Super Bowl the next year 
go forward in 12, that's a one-year thing, right? Like, and, and we all, like we know that can happen. That's the National Football League. Like, I'm honestly wondering how big of a deal that is. I get that there are certain countries in the world that are always good at soccer, but to say that the defending champ is gone, well, it was four years ago. A lot can change in four years. So Kyle will help me with my World Cup confusion. Coming up this hour, we'll do some hot takes coming up. See, as we also brought up off the air, this is why the NFL should have granted that guy with the Kansas City Chiefs the ability to put MD on his jersey and get some good PR because a couple of big bad hits in the PR department for the National Football League today with Jameis Winston being suspended and Jerry Richardson, the soon-to-be former owner of the Carolina Panthers, being docked just under $3 million. We'll tell you about that. You know there's big-time money in college athletics, but sometimes to see it right in front of you, just how much revenue schools are making. This was interesting. I saw this on USA Today today, and it was done in conjunction with the SI Newhouse School of Communications at Syracuse University, just laying out. USA Today does a great job with this. So they do the coaches database, right, and they tell us how much football coaches and basketball coaches at the high level of college athletics are making, and they do – all sorts of databases every year that they kind of update and put in front of us. The numbers that, in particular, the schools at the top are making in revenue, I think even by standards that really can't shock us anymore are at the very least eye-opening. And, yes, everything's bigger in Texas, including how much money they swim in, baby. So we will talk about that later in the program and where Syracuse fits into that. Yankees-Red Sox coming up this weekend. I'm not going to be here tomorrow. The Sox play tonight. The Yankees do not. I'm not going to be here tomorrow, so I kind of wanted to get some Yankees-Red Sox talk in before we uh, head off for the weekend. I'm on assignment tomorrow, so I will not be doing the program. I know that makes I hope that makes you sad. If that makes you happy, then maybe I will do a show anyway. How dare you? Uh, so we'll get some top five things to look for with Yankees-Red Sox matching up again. But I want to start with a couple of basketball things. One is this. We found out today that Joe Girard will be visiting Syracuse this weekend. It is one of five official visits that he will take as a surging prospect in the class of 2019. Now, most of you are certainly familiar with Joe Girard or Joe Girard III, if you prefer. But just a reminder for those of you that are not, Joe is a sharpshooting guard from the Glens Falls area, and when you think of sharpshooting guards from the Glens Falls area, you immediately think of Jimmer Fredette, right? He kind of set the standard, went to the NBA. He's one of the most famous players in the history of the state, certainly in that area. So here's kind of the next generation. They're not exactly the same player, but it's hard not to think about Jimmer. And he has brought up Jimmer and been, and been compared to him. Joe Girard is already the all-time leading scorer in the history of this state. And he's got another year to go. So all he's going to do is continue to obliterate his own record and add to his own record in his upcoming senior year in Glens Falls. Joe Girard averages 55-0 points per game. He is down to six schools. Syracuse, of course, Duke, Michigan, Boston College, Notre Dame, and Penn State. Now, some would tell you that list is even shorter. You can narrow it down between Syracuse, Duke, and Michigan. But if you're on the list, you're on the list. If you narrow it down to a final six, you have to be put into those conversations, right? So, to be fair, we'll do that. And some have called 
Pat, our buddy, he's got the scoop. He's got the insight saying, don't even bother. He's not going to come here. And I say, well, until we're off the list, we're going to discuss him as a possibility, right? Michigan has a couple advantages in that Joe Girard grew up a Michigan fan. His father played for John Beeline or was a teammate, pardon me, with John Beeline. So, yeah, there's some advantages there for Michigan. But it ain't over till it's over. Syracuse is in the final six. Now, can you say, is it a player that Syracuse absolutely needs, given the health of the guard position, which was not the case last year, given injury and just how things went? They were lacking a guard. Now they are deep at guard even next year, right? So Jalen Carey comes in. I'm going to, at this point, assume, and I know what the first three letters of assume are, but I'm going to assume at this point that if you're on the list, you're on the list, you're still in consideration, and you have a shot. And I'm going to assume, given Syracuse's depth of guard, as I was just saying with Jalen Carey, that he's not a one-and-done guy, but who knows. So let's assume Jalen Carey is still on the team in 2019. I think I know Buddy Bayheim's going to still be on the team in 2019. I think I still know that Howard Washington Jr. is going to be on the team in 2019. I think I know that there's some depth at guard. But you never say no to offense. You find a way because what will all this will come down to See, there are big-picture issues here, which I have brought up, and I brought this up on the show last week, and I asked the question then, and it wouldn't hurt to kind of circle back on it briefly now, but I want to make another point here. But while I'm thinking of it, I said, this kind of feels like a guy Syracuse should get for perception reasons. He's the biggest player in the state. You want to keep homegrown talent here when you can, when they are at a level that you could play when you got the big big, uh, guns, pardon me, going after him, Syracuse, Duke, Michigan, all the big boys. You need a big recruiting score here and there, while Syracuse does an exceptional job, and I want to stress that word, exceptional job, finding players that are off the top 75 recruiting lists and are guys that come in and develop and are you know, the under-the-radar guys, the hidden gems, if you will. The O'Shea Brissett's even recently who – you know, wasn't highly recruited. It wasn't on a lot of the list because because you, know, you cross a border and go to a different country, right? And, you know, the list goes on and on. I've brought up the examples before. Hakeem Warwick comes in in the heels of losing Winford Walton, and, you know, the list goes on and on, right? All said, but it doesn't hurt to have big recruiting scores here. Get the big guy. So I think for those reasons, it'd be great if Syracuse got him. It's hard, though, and I'm... I, I want to be careful with this, but comparisons are inevitable. I brought up Jimmer Fredette. I'm watching, and highlights are highlights, I'm watching film of Joe Girard today. I don't like watching highlight videos because, well, they're edited for a reason. But, I mean, you're you're scoring 50 points a game, and you're known as a certain thing that Syracuse could use and that anybody could always use. And I'm watching the film today, and... Look, I, I hate to put this on the kid, but when you're a highly recruited player, the, the schools that are on the list are on the list. You reach a certain level at recruiting. I'm watching Jerry McNamara, 2.0. And I know that Syracuse has had good shooters since then, you know, Trevor Cooney fitting into that category and other players that we can, Andy Routens certainly, that you're reminded of. But 
I'm watching Joe Girard shoot the ball, and I'm like, this kid's a junior going to be a senior in high school, and that is just a pure shooting stroke. Like, you can, you just know. And highlight films are highlight films, but it's catch and shoot, it's dribble and shoot, he's a great athlete, he can really shake off a defender. And I'm like, man, that'd be a great score because of what the recruiting grades are, that you would beat out Duke and Michigan in the big schools. But the kid can just flat out shoot the ball. You can always use offense. So recruiting is one of those games where you you try and keep the boat steady in very choppy waters. You don't want to get too extreme one way or the other. But the fact that he is visiting this weekend, it's an official visit. Syracuse is still on the list, despite some will tell you that they have no shot. You have a shot if you're on the list, and you've got Jerry McNamara recruiting him, and you've got Jim Beheim. And you've got the, one of the best facilities in the country and all the things that you check the boxes for it with Syracuse. But it comes down to what kind of role are you going to have, what kind of playing time, what kind of coach do I have. Joe Girard is, you know, comes from a basketball family, he's a football nerd, he knows the sport. Those are the questions he'll be asking. And you always have a role for a guy like that. So just be aware. He's in town. And you go watch that highlight film, or if you've seen him in person, and a lot of you that are out there have. I never want to put must-get on a recruit, because as much as one player or two in a basketball class can shape you, right, I never want to put that label on any player, and I'm not going to put it on him. I think we've kind of learned that lesson. But what a get he would be in so many ways. I was mesmerized just watching this kid shoot the ball. I'm like, that's just as pure a shooting stroke coming in as, as I've seen any player have coming in. And there's been some good ones. By the way, Buddy Beheim can shoot the rock, right? But it is, it's astonishing to me today because kids watch film and they study technique and they know it's, there's natural ability and then there's just, I mean, that shooting stroke, I'm just like, man. And think how much better it gets next year and then how much better it gets if you got Jerry McNamara on that staff, guiding you and teaching you and mentoring you, and I'm, I just the possibilities are endless there. So exciting player, exciting recruit. Syracuse is in on him, and he'll be visiting this weekend. Four three seven seventy six forty four. If you want to jump on board, so we'll talk about that. So either LeBron texted Kevin Durant or he didn't. There are conflicting reports on that. We'll get to that and. The NBA free agency rumors and hot takes. Not a good day for the National Football League PR-wise. My question, does it really matter? The big-time money in college sports, a study that uh, Syracuse University helped do. We'll get into that later in the show. But we'll talk some football coming up next. Football, as in soccer. As in why did both England and Belgium want to lose today? How big of a deal is it that Germany is out? And as a... Very, very, uh, how can I put this, um, uh, dumb soccer fan? That's that's how I'll put it. I'm just sitting over here like, what do I do? I'm literally going to ask Kyle Bond that question, our next guest. So what does somebody like me look for now? Like, what, 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 What's exciting? What am I looking for? What should I get into? What should I latch on to here? What, what should I, I mean, the World Cup is exciting, but you got to give me a reason to get into this, so. That's what I'm going to ask him coming up, because I'm I. Seth showed me something about the World Cup today, and I'm like, I just I see this is like social studies class again. I see a list of countries. I need help. I like, give me some. I know Kyle. 
because he's into this. This is On the Block with Brent Ash. Sure is, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks to Kyle Bond for joining us on the Pick and Pull of Auburn Auto Parts and Recycling Center Hotline. Bring on a guy who knows what he's talking about uh, when it comes to the World Cup. That's for sure, because... That guy, not me. So we're down to the round of 16. I'll figure out who I'm rooting for. I think I'm just going to root for, like, Belgium. Just, just I'm just going to pick a random team that's not going to win, but I'll just root for him anyway. Like, who's the underdog now? Who's the? Uh, that's a question I should have asked, Kyle. Who's the big underdog now? I don't know. We'll figure that out later. What we'll figure out now is some hot takes. Hit me with that fancy open, baby. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for Hot Takes on the Block. So here's where we're at in um, how much do I really care about this NBA free agency-wise. We're trying to determine if LeBron James texted Kevin Durant. Now, if, if we really want to get into this, can we, like, subpoena LeBron's phone? Someone get in touch with the Department of Homeland Security? Because according, and uh, it should be duly noted for the record, this is not an official how long can I take a take from Stephen A. Smith, but here is what Stephen A. said on first take this morning. I got two phone calls last night after hours with folks telling me that LeBron James reached out to Kevin Durant about coming to Los Angeles. Um, I don't know what Kevin Durant's response to him was. That is not the information that I got, but I will tell you what I did hear is that behind the scenes, Kevin Durant was like, why would I do that? As far as I'm concerned, LeBron James is a big-time player, what have you, but the way I look at it, I should be perceived as the best in the world. I'm the reigning two-time champion. I'm the reigning two-time NBA Finals MVP. Why would I think about doing something like that? All right, that's kind of a weird report. Because Stephen A., you know what he's doing there, by the way? That's an oh, by the way. Let me just throw that out there just in case that turns out to be true. Oh, yeah, I said that a week ago, right? And you're just throwing it out there. Just and I, that's a let me uh, let me brag a little bit here. Well, according to my sources, uh, Joe Varden of Cleveland.com is reporting that LeBron never texted Kevin Durant. And of those two individuals, between Stephen A. Smith, who look, I make fun of Stephen A. Smith a lot, but the guy actually is a well-connected reporter. I do respect a lot of what Stephen A. does. I I certainly respect his paycheck that he gets. Okay. But between Stephen A. Smith and Joe Varden, who, if you've ever read about the dynamic of being a beat reporter for the Cleveland Cavaliers, we've talked to our buddy Dave McMenamin about this. We've talked to Chris Fedor about this, like that inner circle that's there. There's a group of reporters that LeBron actually respects, that he talks to all the time, often off the record. He's built a rapport with. Joe Varden's in that little circle of trust. Stephen A. Smith is not. So between Stephen A. and Joe Varden, I'm going with Joe on who's accurate here. Not to mention, I don't believe that it doesn't mean that LeBron didn't at least inquire, but I don't know Kevin Durant personally, but I think I know enough that he would not want to team up with LeBron in L.A. And I know that because of Bill Simmons. And I say that because... 
Kevin Durant has done a series of podcasts with Bill Simmons that have been as revealing as any athlete giving an interview on anything has been in recent times, really. He is an open book. It is incredible what has spilled out of him when he's talked to Bill Simmons. And frankly, I like Kevin Durant a lot less because of those interviews, which I won't get into now, but I give him credit for being as revealing as he has. And the impression I've taken away from those interviews is he wants to be his own guy, establish his own legacy. There's a reason he went to Golden State. Now, some could say, well, he's the two-time defending NBA Finals MVP. He's got his rings. Why not go to L.A., take that next step, and establish himself even further? Like, that wouldn't be a bad thing. If you're willing to pair up with Steph and that super team, why wouldn't you pair up with LeBron? Well, the reason is Kevin wants to be LeBron. Kevin sees himself as somebody who, you know, can be the lead dog at some point. He doesn't want to pair up with him. He wants to compete with him, right? And basketball-wise, how much would that make sense? Now, in the world of NBA rumors here, I don't know who texted who about this, but Ramona Shelburne and Woj, if Woj is reporting it, you know there's some legit smoke where this fire is coming from, that the Lakers and Celtics are engaged in heavy trade talks with the Spurs for Kawhi Leonard. Now, I've been of the belief that why would the Spurs help the Lakers? Just because Kawhi Leonard wants them to. And what I've said is, well, if the Spurs get something out of this that they really need, then you should listen. And you should make the deal, even though it's kind of a prima donna thing for Kawhi Leonard to do. I mean, the guy just bailed on his team. Just up and left. Didn't show up when they were in the playoffs. Just, he's a quirky dude. He's got quirky people around him. And, you know, that's dealing with major egos in professional sports. But... I mean, the guy just went AWOL. He got hurt and just gone, right? And then demands a trade. If I'm the Spurs, why would I accommodate that? Well, if you can get something out of it, then you do it. Here's the thing, though, with Kawhi Leonard, who is an NBA Finals MVP, who is one of the best players in the league when healthy, but that's just it. Kawhi Leonard's been off the radar. Do I know you're healthy? Like, yes, they will not approve the trade unless he passes a physical. But how healthy are you? You've just been completely off the radar. Can I talk to your doctor? What are your medicals? What kind of workout can I put you through? Like, if I'm the Boston Celtics, I've got a team that can win an NBA title right now, so long as Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward are healthy. That team can win a title right now. Adding Kawhi Leonard to it would certainly (laughs) up the percentage that they could do that and take on Golden State and beat them. But if I'm Boston, I'm being very careful about this. And people that cover the Celtics closely will tell you that anything's possible these days, but it's not likely. That's probably the Spurs kind of leaking out that the Celtics are involved trying to get the Lakers to put more on the table, right? But this is fascinating that LeBron's got till tomorrow night to opt in or opt out. And who is putting the chess pieces in place basketball-wise the best? Because that's what you got to look at. What kind of team are you going to? Money is certainly a factor, but what kind of team are you putting together for LeBron to go to? Kevin Durant's not going to jump ship. He has given every indication he's going to stay with Golden State. But we've seen a couple of crazy NBA off-seasons the last two years. You've got to keep the window open. Something wild could happen. That's hot. But apparently... uh, 
Katie and St- and LeBron uh, are not text message buddies. Thanks for uh, offering that up, though, Stephen. We appreciate it. Uh, not good news for the NFL here. Two things. One is Jameis Winston has been confirmed. The league put out a statement today that he will be suspended for the first three games of the season. This is the result of a seven-month investigation into Winston allegedly groping a female Uber driver in March of 2016. Now, here's Winston's statement in the interest of fairness. Quote, first and foremost, I'd like to say I'm sorry to the Uber driver for the position I put you in. It is uncharacteristic of me, and I genuinely apologize. I apologize to my teammates, the Bucks organization, and fans for letting them down and for not being able to be out there for the first three games of the season, although I'm disappointed in the NFL's decision I understand the NFL's process, and I embrace this as an opportunity to take advantage of the resources available to help me achieve the goals that I have for myself. Now, I don't think you really need me to go through this and remind you, but Jameis Winston, mind you as a college kid, but once stood in a cafeteria on a chair and said something vulgar about a woman that I'm not going to repeat. Jameis Winston was investigated for sexual assault at Florida State, And we saw how that played out. Now this. Now, the sad truth of this is there's no video. So the impact of this three games is nothing to sneeze at. But Tom Brady got four for letting some air out of footballs. And again, that's like at this point, that's allegedly the NFL spent millions of dollars. You know, pretty much inconclusive whether that happened or not. I mean, I think we think it happened, but he got four games for that. Ezekiel Elliott got six games. And the NFL was, like, handing out that press release like it was nothing. We haven't even seen the report from Jameis Winston. All we got was the official documentation that he had been suspended and his statement, and that's it. There's a great story up on Pro Football Talk that I would encourage you to read today that's basically saying, why isn't the NFL putting out this report like they did Zeke? And again, Zeke got six. On the other... uh, Bad news for the NFL front today. Jerry Richardson, the soon-to-be former owner of the Carolina Panthers, was fined $2.7 million, uh, $2.75 million, pardon me, by the NFL for workplace misconduct. The announcement comes a month after NFL owners approved Richardson's sale of the franchise to David Tepper for a record $2.2 billion. So Richardson was fined and decided to sell the team. Remember, there was a Sports Illustrated report that He was saying racially insensitive things and sexually insensitive things in the office. Again, I will point to this fact, and Sports Illustrated did some great reporting on this, but there's no tapes. Unless we get visual or audio impact here in society today, it doesn't seem to take hold. And that's sad, but it is true because there's another owner that said some things that were racially insensitive and there was a... Big track record there, and the NBA probably should have never granted this guy a franchise. But remember the Donald Sterling thing. What brought him down? He was on tape. And we heard it, and that was the last straw. That was one of Adam Silver's first big moves. But what really happened to Donald Sterling? He sold the team for $2 billion. Jerry Richardson is about to sell the team for $2.2 billion. Yes, he's going to pay $2.75 million, and that money will go to... I saw uh, organizations that deal with kind of dealing with racially insensitive things, and that's good, but the guy's about to cash in. Donald Sterling did the same thing. So what lessons did we really learn here, right? 
By the way, uh, on, a, on a lighter note, in the go back to the Jameis Winston thing, proving once again that he is the NFL's cockroach. Like when the world ends, there will be cockroaches and Ryan Fitzpatrick that survive. Because Ryan Fitzpatrick is set to start in Jameis Winston's place. I mean, if you had told me 10 years ago when I was working for the Buffalo Bills radio network that Ryan Fitzpatrick would still be in the National Football League in some capacity, I would have laughed you out of the room. But here he is, the ultimate backup who just comes in and saves the day, right? Just keep the team above water, keep them winning, and then let the starter come back and kick butt. Incredible. But, see, this is why I was saying the other day that the NFL probably should have let that guy for the Kansas City Chiefs put MD on his jersey because they could use some good news. But I will ask this again. What does it really matter? If it's not on tape and we're just getting reports of things, and and with Winston, gee, if only they knew this was a possibility because they knew. He'll sit three games, he'll come back, all would be well. Jerry Richardson dissed. And I'm not saying he got to end a guy's life because he said some things that caused him to sell the team, but Jerry Richardson's going to cash out. He's going to be fine. So what really matters here other than reputations take a hit? And on that note, we will take a break. More on Joe Girard visiting Syracuse coming up. Big-time money in college sports, this just in. But to see the actual figures put out there, I think, is always eye-opening. And they're not going down. Plus, Yankees and Red Sox. I'm not going to be here tomorrow, so we're going to dig into that a little bit and and set you up for the weekend. Because there's some pretty interesting stuff with these two teams, statistically, that we want to get into. You're on the block, ESPN Radio, back after this. Thank you. Bye-bye. 